right. Welcome to the Silver Heathen Podcast. Podcast. I have an accent now. Welcome to the Silver Heathen Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm the Silver Heathen. It is great to be sitting in this chair, uh, looking at this background. Um, not necessarily looking at myself. Getting a little too gray for my liking. But either way, it uh, it's it's really good to be uh, back and doing a solo. Um, I, I, this is kind of unofficial restart. I wanted to do it. Um, in a couple weeks after the football games on the weekends were done with the kids and I, I could start uh, maybe dedicating a Friday or Saturday morning um, to putting something together. Um, I, I know that's not my thing either. I've never really put a podcast together. I just get an idea and I sit down and I talk or I'm feeling a certain way and I sit down and I and I do a podcast um, just to express myself. That's really what the first year of this podcast was all about was documenting my journey, how I was feeling, things I was doing, things that, uh, you know, what I was doing differently this time, as opposed to all my other attempts to, uh, to get into recovery. Um, and so that's basically what's happening here again today is just kind of a, a quick update and then try to clear the air on some things. Um, Cause I think some people are misconstruing things, construing things a little bit and what I've been doing on X um, as far as talking about AA, um, and that's probably because they don't watch the content. They don't really see everything that I post. They're just jumping on when somebody else reacts a certain way. But anyway, as far as the update is, uh, you know, I'm doing the recovery coach thing. Um, it, and, and that's kind of ties into everything too. the recovery coach thing. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty good. It's a little slow going, you know, trying to build up a client list. Um, so some days are pretty slow, but try to stay uh, busy by reading books and, and researching the recover, recovery universe and, and, and trying to see what's out there that uh, maybe that I can present to somebody who is struggling and maybe I can find that one thing that gets them on a path to, to happiness uh, where I'm at. Um, you know, a lot of great things going on. Talk to my kids every day. Um, they get to, as a lot of you know, that do follow the podcast and post. Um, they, they spent an entire day with me, I think it was a couple weekends ago now, um, and I'm pretty sure after football season, uh, there will be some overnights, and that's super exciting, um, you know, for me as as a guy who wanted to be a better parent than the ones that I had, um, as far as biological mom and dad, um, you know, alcohol really took that away from me and put me in a position to, to refeel some things that I felt as a little kid, and uh, I've you know, um, that's a big part of why I work my ass off to get to where I am. Um, to, you know, my kids are 10 and um, a couple, maybe it was, maybe it was the last podcast. The boys kind of joined me and we kind of did an impromptu thing or whatever. And I think they had some fun, but um, to be fully present, I, I'm a good dad, but I had to be present to be a dad. And when drinking alcohol, I was not present for that. So um, same thing with my relationship with Miley and her son. I, I, I'm, I'm a good partner. I'm a good boyfriend, whatever you want to call it. Um, but as long as I'm present and in order to do that, simple as it sounds, it's put the bottle down. Um, but in order to be happy, you have to work on things that are going on in here and in here. And, um, you know, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I know that I'm working my ass off. So brief update of where I'm at. Um, things are, are, are pretty damn good on the outside. I think I mentioned that before, uh, especially in one of my posts, it was on the inside um, went to a doctor's appointment uh, a little under a month ago, got some well-brutin. Um, I'm probably butchering that, but it doesn't matter. 
um, took that for a little while and it just, it brought me down. It made me cry about everything. And, you know, I'm not one to be afraid to cry and show my emotions. I mean, I'd spent the morning watching TikTok videos of little kids uh, getting their glasses on for the first time and smiling because they can see and people getting their, uh, those glasses that help people that are colorblind see color. Um, so I don't have a problem getting all teary eyed and crying about that crap. Um, and crap, that sounds negative. That's not what I meant. But uh, I don't have a problem doing that. I don't have a problem with my emotions. But when it's bringing me down and I'm crying over things that make no sense, um, I don't need to be more down. And I understand that sometimes medicines take time to work. And so if anybody listens to this, you know, you got to get a listen to what the doctor says and try to follow it to the best of your ability. And I did that. And when I didn't feel any better, in fact, I felt more down, I decided to to be done. And now it's been a couple of weeks, maybe maybe closer to three now. and. I've worked through some things. Um, I, I've done a lot of journaling, and it uh, it's really helping me. It, I'm feeling a whole lot better than what I was before I started the meds, so I'm really glad that I made that choice. Um, got a follow-up on my doctor. He told me that I could crease it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's boring shit that nobody wants to hear about. So anyway, um, you know. I feel that if you're continuing to go to the doctor and you're 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 exploring things that are not working for you, that's okay. Don't get discouraged. Same thing with any meeting or any group or any therapist. Give them you are the only one that knows your intent. And if your intent is just to find something wrong with a medicine or a therapist or a group, um, you're going to find it, and you have to know that. And you're the only one that's going to know that. So you know what your intent is. So if you go to the group and you say this group sucks and you give up on it, and you know whether you're giving it an honest shake or not. Same thing with me, with the medicine. You know, I feel like I gave it a fair shot. I want to feel better. I don't want to do it artificially, but sometimes, you know, uh, prescriptions are needed. I, I have to take my blood pressure medication uh, because my blood pressure is out of control. Will it get better one day if I can finally get my ass in shape? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but my intent is always to be better and try to get better. And only we, only I can gauge if I'm really, my intent is 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 just or not. So without going off in the leads too much, um, I wanted to get on here and I wanted to put it in my words and put my face to it. Um, there's been somehow some people are thinking that I'm like anti-AA. And I, and I think it's, I think it's just some um, very deeply enrooted and entrenched AA people that are seeing it this way because it's kind of the same reason why I left religion. It's like you can't have a discussion that brings any kind of ill light or questions. You can't question the faith. You can't question and, and, and you can't question the beliefs. And it's kind of the same thing that's happening in AA. Some people are just deeply entrenched in this thing. It's their way or nothing. Anything that you say that's negative is portrayed as you attacking AA. When... I don't know anybody else. Well, I do know other people, but I mean, anybody that's willing to speak out against some of the things that I experienced in AA and didn't like, I don't know anybody else that does that and then adds all the compliments that I do along with it. I love AA. I've showed my big books on screen. I've, I've taken pictures and showed them on social media. I went through them. They look like freaking rainbows. I've been elbow deep in the AA big book for two, three years now. Is that a long time? I don't know. You can judge whether you think it's a long time or not. I think it's a long time. It doesn't matter what I think, and it doesn't matter if you think that's long enough or not. And I'll probably forget to come back to it if it popped in my head 
Now, too, you know, talk about, well, you only got one year of sobriety. Well, then tell me how long I have to be sober before I can talk about it. So uh, all these weird labels that don't exist except for in people's minds and their opinion are ridiculous. And all it does is hurt people. I've had people on the podcast. I, I can't remember how long it was. It was three weeks, maybe, maybe three days. It might have been three days. A guy had just recently relapsed. He's like, yeah, dude, I won't come on the podcast, man. I just relapsed. I'm like, screw that. Come on and talk about what the hell happened. That's what people need to hear. People that are struggling, that are considering, do I have a problem? They need to hear right here, right now, what the hell is going on? This this ridiculous, like, well, you can't talk about it until you got X amount of time under your belt. No. If you want recovery and you're working for it, or you don't know if you want it, I'll have you on my freaking podcast so we can talk about it. And maybe you'll say something that somebody else here, man, yeah, I don't want to think that way. Or, oh man, I think that way too. I would like to know how this goes. And we can keep everybody updated on how you're doing. This These, these fake numbers and timelines that have been created by certain groups and certain people. No, it's not the groups, it's the people. Because you read the big book, there is no, you can't be a speaker unless you've been sober for a year. There's none of that crap. You can't do uh, the steps uh, until this. It's not there. You have to do you have to do one step a month. That's it. It can only be that. Oh yeah, well, these people over here are going through the steps as quickly as possible and it works for them. There are no guidelines. So to pretend that there are guidelines, you're just, you're making shit up. So to get back to this, I, again, I love AA. If it wasn't for AA, I would not have gotten to where I am. The best AA groups that I've ever been a part of were the ones that I was a part of in treatment. These were people that were desperate for recovery. We wanted to learn more about the big book. We wanted to dive into it. We wanted to have open and honest conversations about the big book and the program itself. And if you didn't like something about it, we didn't dwell on it. We moved on. And we also talked many times about take what you need and leave the rest. Perhaps some people have heard that before. Attraction over promotion. I wish everybody could go to an AA meeting and treatment. I really do. I don't want anybody to have to go to treatment and be away from their family, but attend one. I wish they were open, but you can't do that for privacy reasons. And it makes a lot of sense. It's unsafe. But my point is that connection. I want to talk about spiritual and connection. Go to an AA meeting and a treatment, and you'll never feel anything like that. I, I Okay, let me rephrase that. I've never felt anything like that. I don't know what you will feel. That's one thing that I'm trying to stay away from is to try to tell you how you feel because that's what part of this video is about. It's an incredible experience, to say the least. At least it was for me and the guys that I still talk to today that was part of it. So I've had more than a couple AAs on on. And I call them gatekeepers. I, I use words that I shouldn't use, and I'm, I'm I get aggressive because I'm pissed off. And the whole point of me being pissed off when people do this, okay? Well, what do you care? Why don't you just ignore them? I get it. Maybe I should, okay? But being so close to being in treatment and in a jail, and then now working uh, at a rehabilitation center as a recovery coach, I am so fresh and seen. This sickness, whether it's a disease or not, you can make that argument That's for another time, but it is a sickness. It, mentally, people are struggling, and they are defeated, and they are scared, and they just want to find a way. And I see people come in every single day, even if I don't see them, but people, when I'm doing uh, drops, which are a, a drug test, you know, uh, uh, peeing a cup and stuff, and we have back and forth conversations every single day, somebody's coming in there, and it's like, man, I just, I wish there was something else I could do. Uh, and, and the most one, and again, this is going to be taken as, oh, you're hating on AA, and I'm not. This is honesty. 
And if you can't handle honesty, then you can't handle the program because that's what it's supposed to be based on. Guys and girls will come in. I can't stand the AA meetings around here. And if anybody will find a different meeting, when you get your license taken away and the courts require you to come and, and drop, you know, three to six times a week, and then you got to hit all these classes and then you got to still find a way to get to work and get your kids to where they go. You don't have time in the availability or options to bounce around and go find that right meeting. It shouldn't be that hard, number one. So when these people are going to these meetings and they're coming in, they're like, is there something else? So I'm looking at SMART. I'm looking at uh, Refuge Recovery. Uh, around here, we have Peer 360, which is a fantastic group. And, and no group is going to be perfect. But you have to have options when the other group isn't working. Is it AA's program fault or is the individuals that are in the groups that are making it bad? I say and will always say it's the individuals that are ruining it because AA as itself, as you read it in the book without adding your bullshit to it and your interpretations or feeding off somebody else's interpretations, it's really freaking good. The big book is really good. I read through that thing as a stone cold atheist, and I, there's no difference between atheist and stone cold atheist. I don't know why I said that. That's kind of another pet peeve of mine, but I have to do that to get the point across. God, 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 God. When I was ready to get the information that the big book was offering, I read it and I got the information that Bill was trying to give. Okay. You read Dr. Bob's Nightmare and he, he talks about how he feels sorry for atheists. Well, I don't need your pity, Dr. Bob, and I don't need you either. I'll talk to Bill. <laughs> so that's why I, I, I get fired up, because there are people that are coming in every single day at work, and there's people every single day on social media that aren't getting what some other people got, what I got from AA. So to pretend like they're the problem, oh, well, you're just not, you just, you're just not trying. You just don't want it. Maybe you should go drink again. You know how many times they've told me that? You know how many different people that I call gatekeepers of AA have told me that I'm not ready and I should just go drink again? Or if I don't want to call myself an alcoholic anymore, I should just go drink again? Do you know how many people have said that to me? I lost a, a dude that I considered uh, kind of a friend, as, as much of a friend as you can have on social media from Minnesota, um, you know, a Twins fan and stuff and a Vikings fan. I thought he was a pretty good dude, but he just quit talking to me because he thought that I was bashing AA and that he thought that I was, it's like, you're, because I speak out against it because people are dying and people are, you know, I, I don't know how many people have died since I've started at this job. I can tell you that three people have died that I've been in treatment as of last year. People need options. And if your option doesn't work, you shouldn't be upset that somebody goes and finds something else. Just because it worked for you doesn't mean shit for that other person. So I'm not bashing AA. I'll say it one more fucking time for those in the back that can hear it. I love AA. I don't love some of its members. In fact, I cannot stand some of their members with their ego and their superiority complex, which is absolutely mind-blowing because that's what the whole book is about. Taking other people's inventory. Well, you're just not ready. Maybe you John Barleycorn. You need to go see John Barleycorn. Maybe you need to, uh, you know, go drink again and see if you're You're going to drink again. I know it. That's what a guy sent to me yesterday. No nonsense recovery. That's his freaking, I, I won't tell you his handle, but that's the that's the name uh, that's on his, uh, uh, on his ex account. He knows I'm going to go drink liquor again. Like, he knows me how. Taking my inventory, what a fucking douchebag. Pardon my French, but I'm sorry. 
if I'm getting treated like this, when I've had the recovery time that I've had, when I've done the work in the big book that I've done, when I'm in the recovery field working, uh, when I do a podcast about recovery and I've had great guests on and who we believe differently, but it was still great, great guests, great guests and great talks. When I'm doing all these things and you're coming at me and telling me I'm going to drink again or I need to drink again or you know anything about me. What are you doing to the people that are scared out of their minds coming into a rooms for the first time? What are you doing with the people that had some a little bit of recover under the belt and they go out and they relapse and they come back into the rooms? How are you making them feel? I can only imagine the nightmare and why so many people don't fucking return to your rooms when you're acting like a giant dick. So yeah, I'm fired up about it. And no, I don't think I'm going to just step back and let these fuckheads Come on and, and 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 ridicule people. Now, am I going to change the world? No, I'm trying to have a small ego myself. I will back off a little bit, but when things get crazy and you start telling people to go drink again, you think that you're doing something, you're insane. And you talk about insanity. See all these words that I'm using? Insane, ego, uh, 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 inventory. These are the things that these people that are co- coming at me telling me that, you know, uh, that I'm not doing it right, or AA is fine, you shouldn't attack AA. These are all the things that they're doing. And we can have disagreements, and it's fine. But to tell me you know me, and you know I'm going to drink again, to tell me to go out and drink again, to tell me I'm dangerous, or telling somebody to keep going, to find something else when they're struggling, that's dangerous. No, dangerous is telling them that you know better than them, that you know what they need, because you don't. And I'm sorry, I know that is a that is a, a thing that happens a lot in AA, get a sponsor and call them and do everything they say. My luck with sponsors hasn't been that way. And a lot of people haven't had good luck with sponsors too. And then another lot of people have had great sponsorship. So it isn't perfect and it isn't, straight and concise every single time and to act like it is 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 just dishonest so i'm going to keep it real i'm going to talk about how you helped me i'll talk about the big book with anybody if they want to have a discussion you want to come on and talk about the big book we'll talk about the big book do i know everything about the big book fuck no i i'm looking all the time when somebody quotes the big book or they quote something um you know uh, religious i I go and I look at it and I read the context and I try to get my own opinion on it so I can stay informed. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. But that's what I do. And I want to learn. That's why I have these discussions. And I call them discussions because some people say, why are you arguing all the time and picking fights? I'm trying to have a discussion and trying to learn. I'm not afraid of a little uh, back and forth where I come out looking stupid as long as I learn something. That's the difference. And that's what recovery is about, is it not? Learning from your mistakes. I drink because of this. Well, how can I do something different instead of drink when this happens? Learning. I've relapsed 12 times in the last 12 years or 12 weeks. What did you learn? Well, X, Y, Z. Then you're not losing. At the bottom line, you know, AA is one of AA's favorite terms, and I, and I, I love it, but I'm taking it one step farther. They say one day at a time. If it's one day at a time, then your 30 years of sitting in a room, drinking coffee and talking with people, that's phenomenal. But it doesn't matter because that didn't earn you today. 
right? Instead of one day at a time, one D-A-A-T, one decision at a time is how I had to break it down. And that's how I still have to break it down at times today. I know one thing's for sure. I'm not going to drink over this shit because it's just a conversation. If you want to be a dick, I'm going to be a dick back. You give what you put out. And I'm trying to be positive. That's what the whole podcast was about, was to, to have somebody who was at the very depths of alcoholism, four OWIs, okay? I haven't spent a lot of time in jail, just, a, you know, three, four months total in jail. If you take the actual time sentenced, um, it was less than that with good time. Um, you know, a guy that got a divorce because of alcoholism, a guy that didn't see his kids in person for over two years because of alcoholism, a guy who lost uh, two fantastic jobs because of alcoholism. Um, I'm now making half the money that I could make before. Uh, got kicked out from the house. So the person that he, the, the woman that he never thought he would ever find and found and created something great and pissed away with alcohol. Um, I've done all those things. I've been pretty low. And and now I'm here. And so when when some gatekeeper comes and tells me that I'm going to go right back to it just because I don't think the way they do, it pisses me off. Because not thinking like they do got me here to a really, really good life right now. So I'm going to keep doing what works for me. I'm going to keep sharing information so hopefully somebody out there can find something that works for them. And I'll be goddamned if I give a shit how they do it, as long as they're doing it. If they're happy and they're clean and sober, if they go back to drinking moderately, I'm not going to sit here and label them, well, you weren't a real alcoholic then. <laughs> Screw all the work that you did. Screw all the, uh, the great things that you've done in your life and things that you've changed so that you're not dealing with that trauma anymore so you can drink like a normal person. That was all fate because you weren't really an alcoholic. Do you hear this nonsense? Do you hear how terrible this sounds? You weren't a real alcoholic. What? It, we got we got the Sinclair method out there that is doing wonders. You just go look at Thrive Recovery's page and look at all the testimonials where people continue to drink on that, and then now they basically either quit or barely do it at all. That's a win. That's recovery. I don't care. That's how I feel about it. You can feel however you want to feel about it, but that's recovery. If you're not drinking your life away and destroying your life, over drinking you found a way to not do that anymore and you're happy and you're living your best life awesome the sober heathen supports you twelve thousand percent and i'll do it every freaking time but i'll be damned if i'm going to go out there if especially with people you don't even know on social media half the people you don't even know their face their real name i'm scott mcdonald i'm the sober heathen now you know who i am and, and to, to try to act like you know what's going on in these people's lives just because you and a couple other people in a room uh, have pretty similar stories. But when you look at it, they're not the same ever. Nobody has ever worked one program the same exact way every single time. It's not the same. It's a great program. AA is a great program. Go find Henry. Um, uh, the podcast that I did with Henry, that's all you need to know. Sober Heathen, Henry. That dude presents AA in such a way that will bring anybody in, in my opinion. It might not, though, actually. Let's see, that's a, that's a statement that I shouldn't make. He presents it in a way that I feel is more attractive. Attraction over promotion. He brings it in a way that I think is, is a great way. Maybe not the perfect way or the right way necessarily, but it's a great way. 
So check him out if you're interested in AA. And please, if you've had a couple shitty meetings and it's the same place, if you can, try another one. AA is worth a shot. It really is. Uh, Bill W. was really on to something. And, and, and this isn't a dig at the end. This is something that I, I, I think is fair for people to understand, especially people that come into meetings. Um, and this is another negative, I'm sorry, but people that come into meetings that are in Suboxone, um, you know, I work with somebody now that's in long-term recovery, four plus years. And that person wasn't allowed to go to some meetings if they talked about being on Suboxone. Suboxone is a medically assisted thing to help you get through it. And then you work your way off it. And what I was going to say that was going to be the negative is so many people forget or don't even know that Bill W. went to the doctors to deal with his anxiety and depression and used LSD to help him with that after the big book and after all this stuff. So, and, and people like are aghast when they hear this, like, no, 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 no. How could this be? And then the excuse is, well, it was medically assisted. Okay. So what's the difference? There's no, there's no difference. If, if I'm an alcoholic and my stress and anxiety lead me to drink and I take edibles and I'm fine, I can go to work. My, my work is okay with it. It's not ruining my life. And that's how I deal with my, my anxiety and depression. And I don't drink anymore. And alcohol was a problem when, when, so I really hope that people will actually listen to this. If they think it's negative, I'll try to present it in a way when I post the link. Um, a is great. It really is. So my suggestion is go get a big book or borrow one and read through the first 164 pages. Um, that is the meat and potatoes of the big book. Um, the stories in the, in the back are great and uh, relatable. Um, but there's a lot of things added into those stories that aren't actually a part of the program itself. Um, that's their own version and how they're doing things. Again, they're, they're great reading materials, but if you want what Bill was really talking about is in the work, well, first 164. So I really appreciate you guys listening and uh, hopefully we can do this again real soon. Thanks guys. Check out the Sober Heathen on uh, YouTube and like and subscribe everywhere. I really appreciate it. Love you long time.